Welcome back to Basic Bananas Radio, where we share tried and tested ways to grow your brand and get more customers. Everything from the latest in marketing and branding, right through to growing your team and creating an irresistible culture. Hi, and welcome back to Basic Bananas Radio. Today, I have got an update on Web3 marketing strategies for you. Where are we headed? Where did we come from? What's the future holding? And what does it mean for business owners? Hi, and welcome back to Basic Bananas Radio. Today, I am pretty excited to share with you a quick update on Web3 marketing strategies. And the reason why I decided to share some of these updates with you is because I believe it's super important to be at least a little bit in the know of where we're headed with Web3 and also how you can prepare your business and if you even have to prepare your business for the future. And last year in November, I was speaking at a summit in, it was an accelerator program in LA on this same topic. It was attended by Web3 startups in the entertainment and music space and had really great conversations with some super smart and switched on people about Web3 and also about Web3 technology and Web3 marketing. And so I got some intel for you here now. And also I just did a speaking engagement for a summit here in Sydney, the Scaling Up Summit, where we again discussed the same topic. So I was doing an update on Web3 strategy. So to understand Web3, let's first look at where we've come from. So what's been the evolution of the World Wide Web and its impact on businesses. So if we go back to Web 1, Web 1.0 was roughly from 1991 to 2004, roughly. And Web 1 was mainly focused on static websites, read only, so you couldn't interact with these websites. Also, only coders could publish content online. So people that had coding skills were the ones that were publishing content online. In terms of marketing, it was very much above the line marketing like TV, radio ads, print ads. It was before the dawn of social media. And users were mainly consumers. So if we look at it in terms of who profits, so back in Web1, Companies were the ones that created and also profited from the content they published online. Then the next phase, obviously, that we are still in now and that we all know it's Web 2.0. And Web 2.0, roughly again from 2004 to now, is where now there is more focus on interactivity. So you can read and write online. Pretty much anyone can publish content online. And you can do that through websites, through social media. It is also, since in that era, Web 2.0, one big focus is social media channels where pretty much anyone can publish anything. And this is also the age of remarketing with a lot of data collection and a lot of data-driven marketing. And what happens with this data? This data is, there's a monopoly of data and the data right now is owned by big companies. So there's more of a centralization in Web2. And if we look at it in terms of 
of who profits and who creates. So here in Web2, people create, but still companies profit because companies like Facebook, Google, Twitter, YouTube, they collect data from the content that people publish and then resell it by selling advertising to companies. So people create companies profit. Now, what the, really the concept about Web3 is, is to use, it's, it's, it's still a vision with lots of little concepts underneath it and with, with some practical applications already that are only going to come more and more. Web3, the whole idea is that we are using blockchain technology, we are using more VR and AR, so virtual reality, augmented reality, the metaverse, NFTs, DAOs, DAOs are decentralized autonomous organizations. And the whole theme around Web3 is that there is decentralization. And what that means is that there is ownership transferred to everyone so that you as the consumer, you have full control over your data. So there's more control over data. You are, if you choose, this is the idea of Web3, you're able to sell that data if you want. It, Web3 is operated, as I mentioned, on a decentralized ledger technology like the blockchain. There's more transparency and autonomy for users. And here, people create and people profit. As I mentioned, it's still very much an abstract concept with, with more use cases emerging. And I'd love to give you actually two such use cases. And then also, what does it mean for businesses? So right now, Web3 in this space, there is a very small group of early adopters. So we're still very much in the early development of this. And there's a small percentage of your audience right now, if any, your, your audience who is using Web3 will be very small. So the, the, the thing that I keep coming back to when it comes to marketing is that people don't generally care how something is built or what technology it's built on. They just want to know that you can solve their problems. It's the same in Web2. When Facebook, social media, any of the channels came out, not many people asked about the technology behind these platforms. It was just something that made their lives easier, made them more connected, it made things more effortless. The same with WordPress websites. When WordPress first launched, it used to take a long time to set up your own website. It used to be a lot harder. Now, because again of the technology and the evolution of technology, it doesn't take that long for people to set up a simple website using a platform like WordPress. And again, not many people really ask about the technology behind these platforms. And the same will happen with Web3 technology. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to share two quick real life applications of Web3 in the business world. And there are many different ones. These are two that just make, make this a bit more practical. And then I'd like to finish with five questions to ponder to come back to what really matters today. So the first example I'd like to share with you is a success story. So there are many, many failure stories of companies that have used Web3 technology, especially in the NFT space, and not really thought this through or not really used the sort of core principles of marketing to make their NFT projects work. 
So this one here, the first example I'm giving you is a, a one that this company is doing a really great job and that is Starbucks. So Starbucks launched in, actually in this, only December last year, to beta testers in December, they launched their rewards program called Starbucks Odyssey, which they already had a rewards program. They just added a Web3 component where they launched coffee-themed NFTs that then you can, you can earn these as a loyal customer and these then translate into real-world experiences as an extension of their existing loyalty program, but leveraging Web3 technology. And the purpose for this is for loyal customers to earn a more, a more diverse set of rewards beyond the normal perks and to gain more customer engagement and also to build community. So customers can engage with interactive activities once they sign up as a beta testers. And these interactivities are called journeys that then allow them to collect NFTs. The NFTs they call journey stamps. So again, it's all about marketing. Starbucks nailed it in terms of the naming too. They don't call their, their NFTs NFTs, they call it stamps. So as a, as a user, you can engage in different activities online. You can take quizzes, you can watch videos about the company, you can try out new, new drinks. You really buy into the whole brand story. And by doing so, you can then win stamps, AKA NFTs. And why is this a success story or it, it, it looks like it will be a huge success and it already is. They have already a lot of people onboarded into the program. It's because it's tacked onto their existing program and they're making it easy for people to be a part of. They don't actually explain the technology that it's built on. It's built on a blockchain and the Polygon blockchain and they don't talk about that because nobody needs to know that. They just need to make it easy for people to use. It's super user friendly. It's engaging their fans into the brand story. It's super accessible, which is also one of the reasons why a lot of projects fail because they make it hard to access their, their Web3 projects. This one here, you don't even need to have a crypto wallet. You don't need to understand the underlying technology. You just interact very easy. And also the price. So with, and I'll show you the next example right now. It's not an overpriced, NFT or, or, you know, we sometimes joke about that a lot of these NFT projects are just overpriced JPEGs. So that's a really great use case of using Web3 in a, tr a traditional company, combining it with their current Web2 projects that they already have in place, Starbucks, Odyssey. Now, the next one I'd like to share with you, and there are countless of those <laughs> failure stories, this one here is Porsche, the luxury car brand, or I call it Porsche, but I think in, in English it's Porsche. And in January this year, just last month, they launched their first NFT project. So they launched 7,500 Ethereum NFTs, focusing on their iconic 911 sports car. And they wanted to celebrate the vehicle and allow the holders of these NFTs special access to events, exclusive merchandise, etc. They priced each of these NFTs at 0.9 ETH a piece, which was around 1500 US dollars. Now that's really expensive for not much utility. Some people bought those NFTs, but not many. 
and they realized very quickly that this is not a very popular mint they're not going to sell their 7500 nfts at all so they sold about 1500 nfts and then porsche i think got advised by some people in the web3 space they decided to shut down the mint because it just looked a little bit embarrassing and then i believe they ended up selling something like 2,000 or two, a bit over 2,000 of those NFTs in total. The problem that they had and why they weren't successful is because, as I said, there was hardly any marketing, there was hardly any utility. They were just trying, trying to rely on brand power alone and there was just not that much use. It was super overpriced. Now, as I mentioned before, there are countless of these NFT launches <laughs> that <laughs> crashed and burned already or that may crash and burn. I do believe that similar to the in, the, in 2000 when we had the, the dot-com bubble busted bursting, is something similar will probably happen to the NFT market with, at the moment there are a lot of NFT projects that just don't have utility, that don't have a lot of use, that, that, that are just, that people just bought because it's an NFT and it's very likely that a lot of these will crash so uh, there might be a little bit of a, <laughs> a purge in the nft market that's just my my opinion and i know some of my my friends also have a similar feeling about it we'll see what what's happening in the future in conclusion do we need to really care about all this yes and no there are many many applications of web3 it will become more practical it will become more user-friendly it will become easier to adopt for, for your audiences. Right now, we're super early in this and only a small percentage of people play in this space. So at the moment, it's a big concept and we, your, your audiences may not be playing in this space yet. So I would like to leave this episode and leave you with coming back to the core principles of marketing. And over the years, I've been in marketing for... 20 years and over those 20 years and I used to work in traditional advertising agencies and what I've noticed is that over those years the core principles are the same so the questions I'm about to share with you are pretty much the same the thing that changes and will change again in the future are the channels that we are using so where are we sharing our message the channels that we're using they will continue changing but the core principles will stay the same. So let's get back to the five questions to continuously ask ourselves in business. And the first one is looking at your objectives. What problems are you solving? What problems are you solving? Second question is who are you solving problems for? So who are your audiences? And you need to know where they're hanging out. So who are your audiences? Number three, what is your messaging? How do you communicate with your audiences and how do you engage them? How do you communicate with your audiences and how do you engage them? What, what sort of messaging do you need? Number four is where can you connect with your audiences? Where are they hanging out? And this is the channels that I mentioned before. Right now, a lot of your audiences might be on Google, they might be on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, or they might be part of associations. In the future, maybe in the Web3 space, a lot of people are hanging out on Discord they're on Twitter. Still, right now, you might use LinkedIn and it will probably stay around for a bit too. And then the last question, number five, is how 
do you nurture long-term relationships and how do you build community? The whole aspect around building community is a big aspect in the Web3 space. So right now you can already focus on that. How do you nurture your, your relationships and how do you build community? So those are the five questions to keep coming back to. What problems are you solving with your business? What, what business are you really in? What business are you really in? Who do you solve those problems for? Who are your audiences? How do you communicate with your audiences? Where do you connect with them? And how do you nurture long-term relationships with your community? How do you build community? That's it. So I hope this is super useful. We will keep you updated on the progress of anything that comes out in terms of innovations. There is also so much great innovation coming out for leveraging AI for small businesses. One of them, Chris touched it, uh, YouTube on a YouTube episode for you on chat GPT, which I highly recommend that you check out. So we'll keep you up to date. We, we love sharing the latest and greatest with you. And thanks again for tuning in. If you love this episode and if you love Basic Bananas or Basic Bananas Radio in general, we would really appreciate a five-star review. <laughs> you can leave it on any of your listening platforms, whether you're on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to our show. We'd super appreciate that. Thank you so much. Bye for now. To get more from Basic Bananas and to learn new ways to grow your business with clever marketing, visit basicbananas.com.